Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. This is the second hour of Oilers Now brought to you by Digitex who wish you and yours all of us during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex dot C-A is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software in 38 seconds time chicago blackhawk former player current radio analyst troy murray who's of course from st albert and we'll also hear from drew remender from the Oilers television broadcast bob stoffer with you from the home office along with brendan escott jack michaels and myself we'll have uh tonight's broadcast for you pregame show with reed wilkins rob brown jack and me starting at six puck drop at 8 30 and what our playoff game that means the edmonton Oilers community foundation 50-50 raffle presented by Remax is now available online to Oilers fans across Alberta. Uh, the 50-50 raffle will give fans a chance to win the same 50-50 uh, jackpot fans enjoyed at Rogers Place, all the while helping raise important dollars for the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation to reinvest in the community. I think they got close to like 750-800 on Saturday. Fans can visit EdmontonOilers.com slash 50-50 to purchase tickets. All right, without further ado, he wasn't a 50-50 player. He was an all-in player back in the day for the Chicago Blackhawks. And he's an all-in broadcaster. And he just turned uh, 37, I believe. Troy Murray joining us right now on Oilers Now. How are you doing, Troy? <laughs> I'm good, Bob. <laughs> add, add on the uh, American drinking age to that, and uh, you'd have the correct number. <laughs> Which, uh, what's that, 21? 21. <laughs> so you're 58. Can I ask you a question? I, and I I've actually, can I, I'll tell you a little story. I was with the Golden Bears. Uh, Bruce McNall flew us in for the Great Western Forum freeze out in 1989. And I, so I would have been 23 at the time. And uh, Michigan State was one of the teams there. And I had gone and bought the boys, and I kid you not, about 600 bucks worth of booze and was <laughs> going upstairs into our suite area because uh, uh, the event had wrapped up. 
and a couple of the Michigan State boosters were like, "Are all you players 21?" And I just I remember looking at their boosters saying, "How is it that you can send kids off to get killed in war in 18, but they can't uh, <laughs> they can't have a drink <laughs> because as you know, it's an Alberta. I'm like, you know, in Alberta, the drinking age is 18, right? So of course, now that I'm a parent, you're but but you know what I'm saying on that one, right? Like I'm just kind of like, yeah, I, how can yeah, you go to I war mean, but you can't have a drink down here? For 21, 21, in my opinion, is too old, uh, 18, too young. I think it should be 19. And my reasoning for that is uh, most uh, kids who are going away to university, to college, are 19. They're going to do whatever they want to do anyways. <laughs> you know, finish high school, and then, you know, you're moving on to a different phase. And like you say, if you can, uh, if you can go to war, if you can vote, if you can do all that, you should be able to have a, a beer. In the lockout year of 0405, I was, as you know, on the other station at that time doing the drive show, but I was also the SID at the U of A. And Canadian University Sport decided to make uh, pot uh, a banned substance, and they were going to test for it. I'm like, you really want to do this during a lockout year? Like, I don't know about you guys, but when I went to university... I'm not going to comment on that one, but... <laughs> I go, I, I go, I, I said, look, I, I don't mean to sound too left of center on this issue, but when I went to university, I tended to trust the people that actually maybe smoked once in a while a little bit more than the ones that didn't. The ones that didn't, I thought, might have been wired a little bit too tight sometimes. Anyhow, I'm having a little bit of fun with you. And sure enough, because of the lockout, the only time CIS Sport got any coverage that year is when some poor student athlete tested for, you know, for pot. And now, of course, it's legalized in Canada. So, And we're taxing it, which is what we should have been doing 30 years ago. All right, there we go. We're having fun on today's show. Uh, I'm going to get serious, Captain Serious with you. And I'm going to take you back to a different game. January 18th, you guys went into Toronto. And Jonathan Taze, Kubalik, and Saad went up against uh, Matthews and Marner. And it was silent halfway through that game in that building in Toronto. And it's often quiet during that building, usually at the start of each of the periods. But those guys dominated the Maple Leafs' top line. So the question, I, and we saw that again on Saturday, Jonathan Tays came up. To, is he a guy that relishes the opportunity to play against some of the young stars of the league, like a McDavid, like an Austin Matthews? Well, I, I think when you look at it, I mean, he, you know, he's one of the best all-around players in the game, and and. When he gets to in a situation where he's been playing in these, you know, world championships or like the Olympics and stuff, he, he takes on a different role. I mean, there's lots of guys um, that are able to fill the role as the offensive players in the NHL. But when you get that unique two-way player like a Jonathan Taves, you know, he, he takes a lot of pride in that. Uh, he takes a lot of pride in winning face-offs he takes a lot of pride and not getting scored on and when he when he has a head-to-head matchup like he did in that game against toronto you look at it uh, uh matthews in that game was was a minus four he did have seven shots i remember he had some good opportunities but uh, just like the game uh game one against the orders kubelik had two goals taves had two goals and brandon Saad had a goal uh, Taves was plus four in that game as well. So you really love what Taves brings to the table as far as his ability to play head-to-head against the, the top players. And, you know, Jeremy recognized that. He didn't have the, the last line matchup in, in that uh, first game against the Oilers. But, um, you know, when you go back to Joel Quenville and when this team was winning the Stanley Cups, um, Joel Quenville did not try and get away from a head-to-head matchup with Jonathan Taves against the other team's top centerman um, or top player. He just felt, you know what, I'm going to trust Jonathan Taves with anybody that he's going to play against. And uh, 
I think my odds are pretty good. So I know that Taves takes a lot of pride in that. Um, you know, expect uh, Connor McDavid to be much better in, in this game, even though he did have a, a four-point night, um, a, a three-point night, I should say, um, but fairly quiet as far as, you know, his overall game. Um, so expect more from him, but expect Jonathan Taves to understand that as well. Is he always captain serious? I mean, we had a couple guys from out of town make some comments about McDavid's personality. I always find it amazing how people feel they can comment on guys' personalities when they're not actually in the room. Like, I'm on the plane, and I'm not comfortable saying, well, this is 100% what this guy's like, because I don't totally know when the you know when the bullets are flying for real and they're in a battle what every guy's like in every situation. But, you know, you, you're a former Chicago Blacks playoff, or player that had a great career. You, you know you, you know those guys well. Uh, do you see a different side of him once in a while? Because he comes across as just being this ultra-competitive, serious guy all the time. Well, he's ultra-competitive. There's no question about that. Hates to lose in basically anything. You know, I've golfed with him and not at golf outings, uh, you know, uh, and he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good friend of mine. Um, and there is a different side to him. He loves to have fun. Um, but when it's time to bear down and... and and play games he, he's very competitive and, and that goes with hockey that goes with golf and everything like that he gets frustrated when he hits a drive that it goes a uh, you know 300 plus but not quite down the middle of the fairway he's, he's mad so he does have that competitive side side to him but i think that's what makes him also a unique player and um when you looked at the personalities of your two top players here in chicago over the past decade and, and a bit uh, taves and kane um you know kane has become much more serious now early on when he, when he first came in he was happy go lucky free spirit um you know and Taves came in and they all they recognized right away that he had that serious side to him and made him captain and he took a lot of pride in that and, and that's something that obviously he cherishes over the years that leadership role um but i'll tell you what the maturity of patrick kane is right up there with with Taves now he's a he's a great leader uh, inside the locker room now, and and he, he, him and Taves, along with guys like Brent Seabrook, who's not with the team, and Duncan Keith, uh, even Corey Crawford. Um, there's a lot of respect inside that locker room for those guys, and it, it starts with Jonathan Taves. Uh, this team has championship pedigree. Are they playing with a, a little bit with house money? Do you think? Because they've almost been. Well, I mean, I'm not saying sure they, they weren't going to make sure the playoffs, but they were in a tough spot to make the playoffs if it was just eight teams. Yeah, They'd be given a reprieve. You know, to be realistic, Bob, you know, they weren't going to make it, I don't think. Um, it just was a long shot and everything had to go right. And um, But I think when you look at Taves and Kane and Keith and, and Corey Crawford, um, they're looking this, looking at this as an opportunity that they probably weren't going to get. You know, who knows what's going to happen next year. The Blackhawks are going to be in some salary cap issues uh, again this summer, so we'll we'll see what happens. Can they improve them te- their team, or do they have to take a step back and and really try and incorporate some more younger players, some unknown players like a Kubalik into the lineup? Um, but when you give uh, belief to Taves, Kane, Keith, and and Crawford, these guys who have won multiple Stanley Cups, uh, they know what it's all about, and they know that this is an opportunity that they probably weren't going to get. They haven't made the playoffs in the last couple of years, so uh, this is a great opportunity for them to to step up on the big stage and show people that they still have it. I had somebody say to me that the Hawks were very confident of the five-on-five matchup with Edmonton if Nugent Hopkins was with McDavid. The challenge would have occurred if Nugent Hopkins was with Drysaddle and Yamamoto, because then Carlton might have had a tougher decision as to who to give Taze. 
What would you, what do you think Colleton would have done if the Oilers had played uh, Nugent Hopkins with McDavid and Yamamoto? Because that line, when they were together this year, Troy, uh, the Oilers went 14-5-5 and when that trio played together. And as you know, uh, Nugent Hopkins joined McDavid and Dreisaitl as uh, top five scorers in the league the final 30 games. Who do you think he would he would he put Taze out against McDavid, or do you think he would have gone Taze against Drysaddle with Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto? That's a good question. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, pick your poison. They're two great players, and um, you know that we've discussed this kind of equation over the years about when Joel Quenville would put Kane and Taze yep. together in certain series at certain times. Uh, separate them, and, and it's all about the matchup. I mean, if you have McDavid and Dreisaitl on one line, if that's the way it was early on the season, you know, you could really focus on saying, okay, this is what we're going to do against this line. We're going to try our best to shut down this line. If we do that, we give ourselves a good chance. When you split them up, now you're going, okay, well, you know what, who's going to, who's who's Jonathan Taves going to play up against? Who's our who's Duncan Keith going to get minutes against? Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, uh, in listening to Jeremy Colleton kind of talk about it, he says, you know, I, he wasn't 100% worried about uh, a forward matchup. He wanted to have some more matchups on the defensive side of it against McDavid and uh, Dreisaitl. Um, so I, I don't know what, to, what Jeremy would do. I, I would think that at some point during this series, if things aren't going well, Dave Tippett might uh, make some switches and see what happens there. But uh, um, I, I just think that the Oilers... I wouldn't say underestimated the Blackhawks uh, because I don't think they did. I think maybe they're a little bit surprised, um, and I expect them to be much better tonight. So we'll see what happens after tonight's game where this matchup stands. I think a couple key defensemen had a case of the yips, and they gave away a goal, and and then it kind of unraveled a bit on them. We're joined right now by longtime Chicago Blackhawk player Troy Murray, as well as Hawks uh, broadcaster. I'm going to sound like the president of the Kirby Doc fan club. You know my feelings on him. We spoke about this multiple times here. He, here. he was good in game one, wasn't he? You think? You think? <laughs> he was. He's, he's only 19 years of age. And, and uh, uh, boy, I'll tell you what. I mean, there was a couple shifts out there that, that he had the puck in the offensive zone. He didn't have any shots on goal. He did pick up his first assist and. and a postseason play, but I, I thought the way that he dominated some shifts with his size and the ability to keep plays alive in the offensive zone um, a couple times. I mean, he had the puck probably 20, 30 seconds, and, and it was all out puck battles, and he just kept winning them, uh, spinning off using his size and strength. Um, he's a great kid, and boy, every time you see him, there's, there's, he's a different player than he right now than he was a year ago when he first or a little year a little under a year ago when he came into training camp for the first time and this is a different player with a different attitude and boy when you've got that size of six foot four and 200 pounds and and you see a drive in him that all the great players need to have that drive they want it they, they need to be the best and i'll tell you what for kirby doc to be inside the blackhawks locker room and to see jonathan taze to see duncan keith brent Seabrook, patrick kane when he looks at these guys, he's got to be a sponge and just absorb everything that he can. And, and I think this is a great opportunity for him to learn from some of the most competitive, greatest players that the game has seen here in the last decade and, and what the Blackhawks have inside that room. So I just think the upside is, is limitless. You won the lottery twice. That's what happened. You won the lottery to move up to three, did the Hawks. And then they won the lottery because... 
everybody overvalued, with the exception of a couple organizations, the fact that the U.S. National Development Program that one year was a glorified all-star team. And a kid like Doc was sitting there playing in Saskatoon with very little support and had to do a lot more things on his own and become a lot more industrious. You've got your, like, Troy, I'm telling you right now, he's going to be a first-line center. Take a look at Ryan Johansson. Most people would say Ryan Johansson's a first-line center in the NHL. Doc's got way more compete, the same size. He's a better skater. He's going to be a first-line center in the league. It's going to happen. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. And, and I, I have a lot of respect for, for Dylan Strom, uh, who's only 23 years of age. But I think when the baton gets passed from yeah. Jonathan Taves, you know, not being here with Chicago, I think at that point Kirby Doc will be the number one guy. And uh, I think that there was all these comparisons, him coming into – uh, the the guy who's down in Anaheim now, he's had a pretty decent career. And we know who that Getzla, is, Ryan Getzlap. And, yeah. and, and boy, you know, when you look at him, you see him. And, you, and you know, there's probably a little bit more um, physicality in Ryan Getzlap's game. But I think Kirby Dot can also show that, too, as well. I mean, you know, what do you want an 18-year-old kid to do, you know, and maybe it's not quite his makeup. Uh, but he's going to have a physical side to his game, and just because he is that big, he's going to be be a dominant player like Etzla has been throughout his career. Troy, I don't know if you saw it, but there was a game. They played PA last year in the playoffs. I brought this up. We had uh, Stan Bowman on the show on Friday, and I could tell, I could literally feel Stan smiling because he knew what I was talking about. He scored a goal where he walked their team, and then he gave it to their fans in a game that Saskatoon won in PA. PA had an unbelievable team last year. Like they had the, they had by far the best team in the, in the, in the Western League. Uh, this is two seasons ago. And he, he had some screw you in his game. And the game's different today than when Getzlaff came through with Calgary. But that's what Getzlaff has. Getzlaff has that screw you. And, and that's why I wouldn't bet against Kirby far. You know, escalating the level at a guy like Johansson, and Johansson's making eight million bucks a year. So it's been a good start for Chicago. Um, from your perspective, I mean, are you sort of wondering kind of what the Oilers are going to bring tonight, or or is it more about what the Hawks do? Well, I think it's always a combination of both. Uh, I, I think that the Edmonton Oilers realized that they weren't anywhere near good enough. You you mentioned you know some of the mistakes that were made defensively. Um, <laughs> they left some pretty darn good players wide open in front of the net, and I know yeah. everybody kind of points fingers at Mike Smith, but when you have these world-class players standing all alone in front of the net and, and turnovers in your own end of the, the ice with sloppy coverage, uh, I expect all that to be cleaned up here in game two. I think the emotion is going to be a lot higher on Edmonton's side. And I think if you're Blackhawks, and the guys in the room, again, have been there before, they know that there's going to be a response, a push coming from Edmonton. And, and they, they're going to have these guys ready to, to be more prepared than they were in game one, which I thought they, the Blackhawks did a good job of preparing themselves for that game. Even going back, uh, Bob, to the, the St. Louis uh, exhibition game, St. Louis wasn't buying into that game. And I, I thought St. Louis looked flat in the, in the game last night uh, where they lost against Colorado, even though it was a close game. I don't see the the drive and determination, just the grittiness that I saw in them last year because I talked to Craig Groovy right before the, the playoffs last year when they played the Blackhawks one of the last two games. I said, you know, you got something special going here with these guys. And he goes, yeah, it's a close locker room, and, you know, they're all buying in. I'm not seeing that from them um, right yet. And, and I think for the Blackhawks, they understand 
with that core group of guys what it takes after you. It's one game. It doesn't matter. You, you could get blown out. You could you know, lose in overtime, whatever, in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. It's one game. You move on. It's how you respond. So, uh, you know, Taves, Kane, Keith, Crawford, these guys know that uh, the Oilers are going to be a lot better and they'll have the players ready. Um, but it's always a, it's a give and take. It's back and forth in the playoffs. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I know Edmonton's going to be better. Um, can they stay focused and, and not get distracted? I, I thought that at times they were frustrated in, in that first game because, listen, they know that they're the favorites. They know that this is kind of their year to make some noise in the playoffs. And all of a sudden they're down one nothing to a team that probably wasn't even going to be in the playoffs. Um, there's some pressure on the Edmonton side of it that I don't think is there on the Chicago side of it, even yep. though these guys want to win for sure, you know, the Taves and Kane and those guys. I think there's a different kind of pressure that, especially playing in Edmonton, you know, you talk about the home ice advantage and all this kind of stuff. Well, they know what's going on in Edmonton. <laughs> they have a lot of time to be sitting in their room, you know, looking at their computers and, and uh, looking on social media to see what everybody's been saying over here the last couple of days. So you know that they're going to get energized because of that. I'll leave you with one final thing. The difference between Jonathan Taze and myself is that when people go golfing with me, they're in shock if I hit one down the middle 250 yards or 300 yards, as opposed to Tate, who's angry when he misses one of those. Troy, awesome. Thanks for doing our show, okay? Always a pleasure. Have a good call tonight, and uh, we'll probably talk a little bit later on this week. I hope we get there. Thanks, man. <laughs> it's Troy Murray. <laughs> See you, guys. See you later. Uh, 126, we'll step out for two minutes. You're listening to Oilers now. Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. It's 129 in Edmonton. There's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Outstanding customer service is a key to business. Brent Ridge Ford is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They will provide you with an outstanding service experience at the time of the purchase, and they'll continue that standard after the sale as well. So let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand. You can reach them at one 477 or go online at brentridge.com. We have a global news weather traffic update coming up with Eileen Bell. And then when we come back from NHL Hockey on Rogers, Drew Remenda. You're listening to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.